It is hour four of First Up here on TSN 1050, the fourth and final hour of the week. Aaron Karolnik and Frankie Corrado with you. Frank, the Waste Management Open going on down in Arizona this weekend. How about the Canadians? Leading the charge, just crushing it through the first round. Nick Couple Taylor, Adam boys out there. That's incredible. Yeah, a share of the lead. It's been a great run over the last week or so for Canadians on the golf course. A little double entendre right there. Very impressive nice. stuff. On the PGA Tour and in the NHL All-Star Game because Nick Suzuki of the Montreal Canadiens won the NHL's pitch and putt contest. Players participated in a golf and hockey hybrid Dude, event. Dude, he can Let's help us with in. our putting. Don't you think he, he can help us with our putting? You Absolutely. See that putting I mean, oh, he's yeah. also the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. He's making his debut here on the show. It is Nick Suzuki. What's going on? Uh, not much. Just got to the rink this morning and uh, ready to practice. But uh, yeah, the golf event was a ton of fun and <laughs> made a nice putt. Yeah, that was a that was a bomb. You hooped that one from from long distance. Well done. So I know you're a golfer, an avid golfer. I've heard you're a ten handicap, Nick. Any advice for Frank and I rolling in bombs like you did at the pitch and putt uh, competition down in Florida? Yeah, I had a pretty good caddy with Corey Connors behind me. <laughs> gave me a nice read, so just had to execute the putt. Um, it's felt pretty lucky. It broke uh, right as it got into the hole, so it's pretty fun. Nick, we obviously followed your season quite closely, and, and we followed your story as you know, the youngest captain in franchise history for the Montreal Canadiens. How have you found that role and the responsibilities that come with that so far this year? Uh, yeah, it's been a change, obviously, with a little more expectation to lead and uh, speak to the, to the group and to the media, so that's kind of been the biggest change, but uh, I've had a lot of help with a lot of older guys and guys that I've learned off of early in my, early in my career. So just trying to take everything that's the knowledge that's been given me from uh, past players and guys helping me out. Nick Suzuki with us from the Canadians. It looked like you had some great chemistry with Mitch Marner on the Atlantic team. Dylan Larkin actually said that playing with Marner was the highlight of his weekend. I think if you said that, Nick, they might, like, strip the C from you in Montreal, <laughs> complimenting a Toronto Maple Leaf. But what was it like winning the All-Star game, playing with uh, the Atlantic Division and Marner? Fill us in on that entire experience. Yeah, we had a great group of guys. Um, I think kind of the reason we won is we kind of we were gelling pretty good on the bench. Uh, lots of talking and having fun. And yeah, playing with uh, Mitch a little bit there was a ton of fun for, for me. He set me up. Uh, pretty nicely so um yeah it's just a, it was a great team uh, a lot of great guys and to get the win to cap off the, the weekend is really cool so the 11 of you on the team split a check for one million dollars like what's the procedure there do you guys like head down to the elbow room in fort lauderdale and you know <laughs> really go crazy like how does the divvying up of the money work um yeah, I think it's going to be just split between all of us. And then I got a I got a text from some of my teammates here in Montreal that, that we're going to have a team dinner. So, oh, very nice. oh, so did they did they initiate that? They said, by the way, pal, we're having team dinner, and it's on you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're all on vacation, <laughs> and I'm trying to earn us a team dinner. That's great. I mean, I I've seen a lot of different things happen with 
the money that gets won at all-star games. Some guys will, will give it directly to the trainers. Some guys will, um, you know, do a team party, team dinner. I mean, for you, like, it feels like, I know and every year I played, the captain was always responsible for if there was a team dinner on the road, team parties, like what's on tap for the Super Bowl party for the Habs coming up? Yeah, we got a really good plan, actually. Um, we did this, this last year. We got a really nice suite uh, up in the Bell Center. Uh, we're going to have so, some bartenders and some food and um, get to watch the game on the Jumbotron. So we got the, uh, the live broadcast through the speakers at the Bell Center and watch the game on the Jumbotron with uh, the whole team. Nick, I'm sitting here with a former NHLer and Frank Corrado. This guy treats his body like a temple. No carbohydrates, nothing bad. Okay, maybe a little bit of an exaggeration. He is Italian, so there's some carbohydrates mixed in. I know you also treat your body as a temple as well, as the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, especially with the big announcement about your partnership with Good Food, in which you're launching a selection of your own recipes. Fill us in on that. Yeah, I'm really excited about this this partnership with them and um, their local local brand, uh, which I like. And um, yeah, I'm going to be putting out Nick's picks pretty much every week. I'm just a new uh, food food option for the week that you can order off of Good Food, and um, they've been really fun to work with. And we've got a lot of big things coming up, so uh, I'm excited to get started with them and uh, let people in on some of the stuff that's coming out. Well, since we're talking about food and, and Nick's picks, what are some of Nick's picks when it comes to meals during a season? Maybe the night before a game, what are you going with, and, and what are you going with on, on game day as far as your pregame meal? Yeah, the night before, I'm not really that picky. Um, if we're on the road, we usually go to a, a steakhouse more more often than not, so I usually get either a steak and some veggies and um, usually some uh, form of potato on the side. It's kind of my go-to. And then for game days, I am pretty much eat the exact same thing. I'll have a salad and then uh, penne noodles um, with rosé sauce and with chicken and broccoli. So that's my go-to. Oh, I love that. I mean, if that we came in my good food this, order. <laughs> on this show, we're big <laughs> soup guys. Like that's AKA true. myself, Carlo Koliakovo. We all love soup, and I always – I don't know. For some reason, on the road, the soups I found were so good at all these hotels. I always had to start my pregame meal with a soup and then go from there, which made for a lot of like getting up and having to go back. But I always <laughs> thought it was worth it. And then I don't know if you guys still get in Boston. Do you guys still get the clam chowder as far as soup before the game? Yeah, we do. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys that actually have soup before their their meal. I'm not one of them, but uh. sounds like uh, maybe I should step on that. I, think, I mean, Carlo Koliakovo played 14 years in the NHL with a, uh, a pregame meal uh, with soup. So maybe That's there's something soup, that we yeah. could. Oh, yeah. If you've seen him lately, it's a lot of soup, Nick. Well, maybe we'll get, Car- <laughs> maybe we'll get Carlo set up on the good food, and you know he'll be uh, out there on the ice competing against you in the uh, not-too-distant future. We can't thank you enough uh, for doing this again. On uh, You're representing good food and Nick's pick. So congratulations on that, and best of luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. It's our pleasure. Nick Suzuki of the Montreal Canadiens. Imagine the pressure selecting your own menu. Like, what would go into a Frankie Corrado good food recipe? Uh, obviously, you got to have the Italian would, influence, right? 
Yeah, but it probably wouldn't be very like it wouldn't vary much. You know, I I don't know. I, I feel like even when I was playing now, I don't have like this crazy, um, you know, broad aspect of what I want to eat, eat and, and make it different all the time. It's like there's salmon, there's steak, there's chicken. I don't know. I might get adventurous and mix in some pork chops, but like it's Ooh. on like a rotation. That's kind of like it just keeps rotating around those four things. Well, I think that sounds pretty good. That sounds quite promising. Yeah. I could very well mix in some of the Corrado picks into the good food. We should got we got to get you some kind of partnership with good food as well, Frank. I mean, the way you yeah. pound the golf ball, there's something to your diet that I think lends itself to uh, to some good things. <laughs> to some good things. The diet maybe needs not, to maybe not quite start Suzuki, being a but, diet at this yeah. point. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think so. Uh, we got Jason Logan from Covers.com in about 20 minutes time. And maybe we'll delve into some of our Super Bowl favorites when it comes to the food on the other side as the fourth hour first stop continues here on TSN 1050. Back on first stop. Rolnick Corrado with you until 10 a.m. This song is I Want to Be the One by Stevie B. A request from Vince in Oshawa. This would have been, this would have been playing at Palazzo back in the day. Vince I can see knows. that. Vinny, yeah. Vinny in Oshawa, Vincenzo. That's right, in Oshawa. Vincenzo, yeah, that is Vincenzo. Uh, our man Cheese, as anyone who listens to this show knows, uh, outstanding producer, one of the hardest workers in this business. He's put together a Super Bowl menu for not only us here on First Up, Frank, but for the entire radio station. And it's one of those things where uh, it's also on the First Up 1050 account, so you can play along with us. You have fifteen dollars to spend. And there's certain items that are $5, $4, $3, $2, and $1. And you need to fill out a lineup. And I think you got to, oh, man, these are some good ones. The $5 items, and let me, let me know if you agree, wings, ribs, pulled pork, steak, and liquor. I know if, if Matthew Cause was part of this draft, I guarantee you liquor would be the first <laughs> overall selection. But I'm looking at this like, I'm going with steak. If I can go to Jacobs as my five dollar pick, yeah. I, I'll grab some Wagyu. You know, like that's, the that's thing. a done so, deal. Like, we we like wings, but if you're going to give us premium options, of course we're going <laughs> to exactly. take the premium options. <laughs> Sorry, wings, you're out. We're just I, mucking steaks all and night I also, long. Like I see a picture of pulled pork here. Like that would be my second. Like I do like steak, some pulled, pulled pork. pork. Don't tell my dad. Wings and then ribs. <laughs> I, yes. I yeah. And then, charcuterie, okay, so the $4, a, a $4 options, yeah. when we go to the $4 options, it's nachos, charcuterie, shrimp, burger, and beer. So not as premium, but still pretty no. good. As yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's okay. I, I, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's good. Yeah. I, I don't think any of those $4 options would be part of my mix here. I do think a $3 option would be for sure. Maybe two. You have pizza. You have potato skins, which I think are eh, not the best. Chili, tacos, and wine. Oh, there's wine. Okay, there's wine is Cause. a $3. There you go. Lock yeah. that one. <laughs> I don't know. Is Cause drinking wine at the Super Bowl? Maybe it's a beer oh, night Oh, of course him. he is. And, you know, I'll tell you what Cause is doing. He's opening up some, like, obscure bottle that he's Ooh. had in his cellar for a while. <laughs> cellar. He's <laughs> like Batman. He's Bruce Wayne yeah. with his wine cellar. And yeah, then, you're probably and right. Once we get into the $2 options, these are more accessories. So you have... French fries, mozzarella sticks, garlic bread, hot dogs, and soda. <laughs> I know, like how he put wa always water. 
water as a one dollar option. That's really funny. So you need something to drink for sure. Are you going to yes. go with liquor, beer, wine, soda, or water? Mm, that's a tough right. call. A it tough is call. a tough call. Here's how I, here's how I'm going to go. Just okay. going to freewheel this. It's going to be steak for five dollars. Pizza. That's and now I'm at eight. Tacos <laughs> brings me to eleven. All right, so now I need French fries brings me to thirteen. Popcorn brings me to fourteen. Oh my! And water? And I guess water. I guess oh, I'm stuck no. with water. No, I can't. Come have on! That. Yeah, I can't do water. water. No, you got to mix just, in a couple pints. I guess. I guess. Yeah. But let, okay, let's yeah. go with that. That's what. I, that's where I'm at. Here's how I'm going, Frank. Wings and steak. Two $5 options, 20 fingers, raising his eyebrows. He's impressed. I'm going to pair it with beer, $4. So I have wings, steak, beer. That's $14, and I'll mix in some popcorn as well. I don't need anything else. Wings and steak and and some beer. Dude, you're That's keto. All. That's all you're I need. Keto, you're the keto guido. <laughs> I'm like Joe Rogan, just the uh, <laughs> only carnivore diet. Yeah, and I mean you can't really go wrong with wings and steak. What's, but I like what's some our fries? pal cheese? <laughs> what's our pal cheese firing up? Take it away, cheese. Okay, I gotta say I think there is tremendous value in the three and two dollar category. I mean, twenty just pointed it out. Pizza for three bucks. I think that has to be a staple of your of your mm. of your menu. I will say though, AK was trashing potato skins, which is a completely <laughs> whack take. Those no. are delicious. Potato skins should be in the fifty cent. Oh, <laughs> oh hot take fifty cents. Yeah, that's a tough one there. Yeah, I mean yeah. potato skins—they're all right. They just aren't top of my list. You're talking about the top food options on the planet here, cheese. I mean, I'm not going to love everything. To the degree that I oh I'm looking at ribs though I mean ribs what if I just went wings ribs and steak and no other, drinks yeah the other thing cheese did a really good job of finding all appetizing pictures of all these things so it's kind of hard to to argue like, against a lot these, of these these ribs look outstanding I yeah. will say back back in the day I used to go to Baton Rouge on some special special occasions you know birthdays whatever. And those ribs, I'm not sure if Baton Rouge is still around. I, I have think there's to, some locations around. There used to be one right down by the Sky Dome that I used to go to with my buddies, and it was a That's big right. night out anytime we had um, Baton. But those ribs are just like fall off the bone, and man, they were delicious. I gotta, All right, let's do, I gotta head over to Baton somewhere. Let, let, let's do some some one verse one picks here. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Matzah sticks or mac and cheese? I think I'll go matzo sticks. But what if you really? get like the high level mac and cheese, like the oh, truffle I'm mac, mac and, cheese and cheese all day? You ever yeah, go to I, the Thompson Diner back uh, when it was operational? I did post when bar? it was late night. It was post late yeah, night. Exactly. Man, yeah. I've seen some things in that place. That Dude, here's uh, the thing. Whew. Here's the thing about that old that old place. It never closed. It was open twenty four hours, Correct. seven days a week. Here's my question: When did they clean that place? Like, when was I it sanitized? When was it clean? When was any kind of cleaning happening there? The Thompson Diner, a staple on you know for post bar eats on King West for like ten years. I remember once I was there, and it's probably I roll in at like three in the morning. You know, he was like sitting at the table across from us, Morris Peterson. 
That was an exciting no day. Mo Pete. Mo Pete. <laughs> you ask like, for a picture? I'm just like a la- I, I was probably in not the finest state of mind, so I probably said some stupid things to him. Like, Mo Pete, remember that jumper you hit against the Washington Wizards? Man, that was awesome. <laughs> remember when Vince Carter took your headband off and got you ejected? Ah, oh, hate Vince Carter. Was that, was that the guy that Carter slapped? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was Mo Pete. <laughs> oh, okay. That was definitely Mo Pete. That was still yeah. the most egregious thing I've ever seen in my entire Ridiculous. life. Ridiculous. You know what that was? That was like if Vince McMahon had WWE referees refereeing that yeah, game. Absolutely. If they're, imagine yeah. Koliakovo's takes post that game the next day on first up, how much he already hates referees. Like nobody <laughs> hates referees more than Carlo, especially in the NFL. And he thinks everything's rigged and the referees are probably taking bribes <laughs> under the table. Well, I the mean, script that's already thesis. got revealed. Don't you know <laughs> they right. already Th- revealed the script for the Super 37, Bowl? 37, 34. That came from Arian Foster, right? That's what uh, he was the guy who talked about the NFL script and the former Houston yeah, Texans yeah. running back. And I mean, that's really picked up a lot of steam. I guess it's, because nobody trusts the officials or the integrity week, of the NFL. Every week, NFL rigged is trending on Twitter now. Well, and and this comes off what Roger Goodell said earlier this week about he doesn't think officiating has ever been better. Is that not possible? And the way I ask that, and the reason I ask that is because in 2023, we have access to every single angle and every single slow motion replay that there is. And I, I get it, like, you know, there's been some screwed up calls, but these are athletes that have never been faster and stronger, and the official's job is just getting increasingly difficult. And I it suppose is. you could look at it, they have replay now, which kind of alleviates some of the pressure on them. Imagine replay didn't exist, how many missed calls that they would get. But no kidding. There's missed calls all the time, though, in every sport. Like in every last sport. night, watching Tampa and Colorado, it was Cogliano had to leave the game because he got knee on knee, and there's no call. And it's like, that's an, kneeing is an obvious one because someone is going flying and he stayed down on the ice. Like, and you think, okay, how did you miss that? Right? So, I mean, there's, there's egregious missed calls in every sport. Referees are human. We don't, like, we're not sitting here saying we love that there's missed calls. It's just, no. that's the way it is. And when it affects your team, there's an emotional attachment to that. Yeah, and speaking of emotional attachments, I have an emotional attachment to some of these foods in this one-on-one battle. Okay. Mainly hamburgers. <laughs> I love hamburgers. Hamburgers sure. or nachos. Oh, it's what burgers by it's burgers by a, in, a, in a landslide. I mean, you go for a good burger and I smash burger and there's some quality oh. spots downtown. Harry's Charbroiled. I believe it's on College. Maybe it's on Dundas. You wouldn't believe what's going on there, Frank. It's uh, it's something yeah. special. Maybe we'll have to go. I I have no. I have. I don't care for nachos. I don't even want to see nachos. I don't really? want to like. I don't. I don't like the whole nucleus coming together in one. <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with that. I want my own little plate with my burger and leave me alone. It's not a community share thing. So with regards to burgers, I feel like every area of the city lays claim to their burger spot being the best. Like where I grew up in Thornhill, it was Golden Star. That's the top dog. No one else is close. And like the Forest Hill area, it's more about Burger Shack. Like Zach Hyman, if you asked him, what's the best burger in Toronto? I guarantee you he'd say Burger Shack. Koliakovo says it's Apache Burger in Etobicoke. What do the Woodbridge contingents say about the best burger in toronto frank 
so back in the day, there used to be a place called the Pine Valley Drive-In that had a really good burger, <laughs> but it's now changed. It, it's changed a long time ago. It's called Memphis Barbecue, which does oh, ribs and wings, God. and they're Memphis Barbecue really well known for that. Oh yeah, yeah. There was there was another place that I think went under during COVID. Um, right at the corner of Rutherford and Islington. I can't remember what it was called. Maybe Cuckoo's Kitchen, something like that. But they had a really good burger. And if, if, they, if, they, if they are still in business, let me know because I'd love to go by there um, and pick one up. But I found living downtown, one of my favorite burgers was actually right near you. was that Belfast Love. I don't know if you've Ooh, had the burger there. Of course. I actually Fantastic had the burger, burger when Alfonso Davies scored the only goal for Canada. I went to Belfast Love with Al's brother, and I was eating the burger as he Whoa. scored. That's, that's my tie, and I'll never forget the Belfast Love burger. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Belfast Love on, uh, on King West. Maybe a visit from yours truly later tonight. You never know. Yeah. You never know. We got time for one more? We got time for one more. Go ahead. All right. Potato skins or pigs in a blanket? <laughs> Uh, one texture coming in, loaded or plain skins. That is the key part of the question. It's a fair point. Uh, I'm going to go with potato skins, pigs in the blanket. I mean, listen, i got to give up my entire Judaism card if I choose pigs in the blanket. They're going to revoke my bar mitzvah, so I need to go with the potato skins. <laughs> I have to. Otherwise, my dad you know might not do? talk to me, you know. You know what we'll do? We'll get we'll get Khaled and Woods to get some turkey bacon on the menu for our post-round breakfast. So you no, I think bacon's fine, but revoked. just like... Pigs in the blanket. I mean, uh, it's just a little. <laughs> it's a little aggressive for me. That's cheese. Uh... What's yours? Oh, it has to be potato skins. I mean, I was defending them so vigorously <laughs> earlier. <laughs> All right, uh, thank you to pigs cheese. In a blanket. Yes, uh, thank you to cheese for uh, setting that up. Great work uh, as always. Jason Logan from Covers dot com. He will join us on the other side, live from Arizona. We'll see what it's like on the grounds there. The Super Bowl, just 48 hours away, and he's going to give us some winning wagers so you can enjoy the big game just a little bit more. That's next on First Up. The fourth hour of First Up continues here on TSN 1050. Aaron Kulonik, Frank Corrado with you. That's Rihanna. The song is Umbrella. Something you can bet on. It, well, I mean, when it comes to the Super Bowl, Frank, literally anything that happens. Will this person be seen on the broadcast? When will this song be played? Um, what will this person do that, this time? That's I mean, more what I'm like. I'm interested in the game and stuff, but I'm I'm kind of fascinated by the halftime bets, right? Yeah, like everyone, there's a lot of stuff. Rihanna's such a superstar. Everyone knows her songs and. Like, we all go to concerts, we all have opinions on what they start with, what they finish with, what they didn't play. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of action on, you know, what, what the set list is for Rihanna. There's no doubt about it. And a man who is dialed in on that and everything with the Super Bowl from Covers.com. He is the host of the Sharp 600 podcast live from Arizona in advance of Super Bowl 57. It's our man, Jason Logan. What's up, Jason? Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's our pleasure, man. What's going on this morning in Zona? How are the boys in the Covers.com <laughs> content house? I mean, BDB and Garv, like, what's, go what's going on with the fellas? It's, it's pretty quiet this morning. See, I'm an early riser. I have kids, so, like, I, I'm up at the crack of dawn ready to go, and, <laughs> and uh, it's been a busy week. We've been doing a lot of great content. We're doing another, another podcast today. 
uh, from Inside Radio Row, which has been fantastic. Uh, we're working with Caesar Sportsbook down here. They've been fantastic with us. We've been doing some great content with them, talking to a lot of NFL guys, a lot of media personalities, and getting different takes on the Super Bowl. So it's, it's been good. I, I will say it's a little quiet this morning. We, we went out for dinner last night, and uh, the boys were exploring uh, Scottsdale. And I, I, felt, I, felt like, I felt like Danny Glover. I was just like, I'm too old for this crap, so... Uh, I had I had a lot of work, so I, I didn't partake in any of that. So I think I think I'm, on, I'm the only creature stirring this morning. Yeah, it might be a couple hours till anyone resurfaces. That is my understanding. <laughs> oh, well, we got to get on, on the road here soon. So. Yeah, I don't know. Might might have to push it back a little bit, Jason. But as far as Rihanna goes, and you know, you've been on the grounds, and I know she was doing an interview a couple of days ago talking about what the set list might look like, what songs might be played. There's some value, perhaps. I know What's My Name was my personal pick at plus 2200 to be the first song she came out to because she hasn't performed in seven years live. Do you have any inklings on Rihanna and how that might go? Well, I think I think we've seen some of these odds pulled off the board because there was there was some some leakage happening, which tends to happen with these props, and that's why not a lot of places will you know kind of offer them. Some information will get out. One bet that I did make, and I will, I will precursor this to saying I've had pretty good success with halftime show bets. Like I had a Timberlake will cover a Prince song back in when the, the Super Bowl was in Minneapolis. I had last year, I had Mary J. Blige not to wear fur on stage. That was like plus 120. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm dialed into the halftime show. My, my Super Bowl bets may go down the toilet, but I'm dialed into the halftime show. One bet that I did make, and it, it was as big as plus 900. I got a plus 700, was T.I. to show up during the show. Yes. So Live Your Life uh, is his song. Rihanna features in it. It's actually, in terms of Billboard, it's her number two Billboard hit, her second biggest Billboard hit that she's been a part of. They asked T.I., hey, are you going down for the Super Bowl? Are you in it? He said, well, we'll see. We'll see about that. He gave a very cryptic message. So that, that guy's showing up on stage because that song is a banger, too. It's an awesome song, and it fits that perfect Super Bowl motif. The, the obvious... I guess, selection or choice, if you listen to some of the words in, in Rihanna's songs, would be, please don't stop the music, right? Like, you're coming out mm-hmm. to that song. The music's going to be playing for at least the next 15 minutes. I saw that was the favorite. Is that still the case, if you're looking at the odds? That was, there was a big move towards please don't stop the music to be the first song. And uh, we saw a big shift in the odds market for those novelty props. And then, like I said, uh, a lot of books have taken these off the board or maybe adjusted it to the point where you don't even want to play the first song odds anymore. So that was, that was the, the uh, supposed first song coming out. So if you can still get that, man, go up, grab it. We'll take a look at FanDuel. Jason Logan from Covers.com is our guest. Just uh, to be perfectly transparent, fellas, I had Timberlake to expose Janet Jackson's breast at 75-1 to 1 back in the day. Great wager <laughs> I think, made yeah, by yours truly. you were 12 truly. years old, right? Yeah, when I was 12 years old. I, you know, there was a legal sports race back then. <laughs> yeah, the right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, please, please. I want to really want to catch this wager for a multitude uh, of reasons. So. Let's talk about the game itself. And if we go back to the AFC title game, the Bengals opened as favorites. Eventually, I think they were two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Open, and the line closed as the Chiefs, the mm-hmm. two- or two-and-a-half-point favorites, depending on where you're looking. In this Super Bowl, Jason, I've been surprised at kind of how things have remained quite static as far as the line. The Eagles are a point-and-a-half favorite. It hasn't moved really at all. Do you expect any line movement heading into Sunday where the preponderance of money will probably come in then? 
Yeah, that's kind of the big question. And before that championship Sunday game, we saw look-ahead lines, and they had Kansas City minus one in a matchup with Philadelphia. And then when we saw this line open two Sundays ago, we saw a lot of a lot of sports books, some respected books, had this one as high as KC minus one and a half. The market moved quickly to Philadelphia, got as big as minus two and a half. There was buyback there. I'm on KC plus two, so I got a, a, a pretty good number on Kansas City there. Um, it's sitting one and a half right now. There are some respected online books at one, but there are some books still as big as two out there. If you look at the sports book splits that are being reported, it is one-sided action on the equals. Uh, almost 70% of the ticket count. Some places reporting about 80% of the handle on the Eagles. So I don't know if books really need any more Eagles money. So I don't know if this spread is going to shorten up at all. And what they can do is they know that it's Super Bowl. It's the biggest bet public event in North America for sports betting and one of the rare markets in which the general public dictates the market, unlike the sharp guys, because just of the volume of bets that come from the everyday better and the everyday, everyday better or the, the casual fan, they don't want to mess with the points, but they just want to take whoever's going to win. And they're going to see Kansas city and Patrick Mahomes as a plus money underdog. And you're going to see a lot of action here on Friday, Saturday and Sunday at Sportsbooks showing up on that Kansas city money line. So while the spread may not move, I think books are going to get a lot of KC money, uh, just to win outright, and we'll see that kind of balance itself out. So I don't know if the spread goes anywhere. Jason, if you like the Chiefs, do you yep. advise people to take the Chiefs on the money line, like plus 105, or take Mahomes to win MVP at plus 140? What do you think is the more astute wager? Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I always uh, kind of suggest is, like, if, you, if you're betting into the money line odds now and you don't have a future riding on Kansas City or the Eagles, you're kind of getting the worst of it. Uh, but it is a way that you can kind of pump and get a little extra, little extra payback, uh, you know, with a little extra risk. And I do expect, you know, Mahomes is the, now the NFL MVP, the best player in the league. Uh, he's argue, arguably, you know, a, a top five quarterback already, and he's only been a, you know, a starter since 2018. Um, yeah, it's a great way to kind of maybe add a little extra, extra oomph to your Super Bowl bet. Are there any underrated props that maybe people haven't been talking about that you see some value in that you might want to sprinkle something on, something that you keep keep you a little more entertained throughout the course of the game? Sure. I mean, at this point, this point in the betting market, I mean, and this is the earliest that we saw props come out. Generally, um, you know, they'll start to trickle out the Thursday of the bye week. The market will kind of expand a little bit over the weekend. And then we'll have like a full slate by that Monday or Tuesday heading into game week. This year, I'm, I'm thinking Monday morning, Tuesday, at least, there was pretty much prop markets up and down for all the major categories. Maybe not all the players because there were some injuries to Casey's receivers. But uh, these markets have just been bet into so, so heavy at this point that finding any kind of value at this point is really, really tough uh, because that dries up really quick. And the prop markets now, like this is shark infested water. That's where the pros go. They know that the spread and the total, those are going to be the toughest lines to beat all year because they have a data, a you know, season's worth of data baked into them. They're super, super drum tight. But the prop markets are where they can find these advantages, and those things dry up pretty quickly. I will say, if you're looking for kind of a, a long shot bet that I think has a chance, um, you can find Travis Kelsey to have a rushing attempt. It's paying out 6-1 to one plus 600. Um, it is a little bit of a flyer. And he's only had two carries all year. But Andy Reid is obviously one of the most experimental head coaches of all time. We saw in that Cincinnati game, they were, they were rolling out some, some uh, circus ball as well. And within his playbook, 
he will routinely use tight ends as a running back. He'll throw them back in like a, a wildcat set or almost like a shotgun set, flanked by two running backs. He has about four different options. He can throw it, run it, hand it off. Uh, we saw Noah Gray, the tight end, too, for them, get a carry against Jacksonville. And uh, you know that's a big, nasty front for Philadelphia. And I think if there's maybe a short-yarded situation and they want a big battering ram, maybe they give one to Kelsey and let him go and then catch Philly off guard. So I like Travis Kelsey to have a carry at 6-1. to one. It's, Like I said, a bit of a flyer. He's only had two rushing attempts all season. But it's the Super Bowl, and Andy Reid does not get scared on the big stage. He'll roll out something. Jason Logan from Covers.com, the host of the Sharp 600 podcast with us here on First Stop. FanDuel listing Kadarius Tony with an over-under of 28.5 receiving yards. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you've seen some of the discourse this week around Tony. I believe it was James mm-hmm. Palmer of the NFL Network talking about how Tony and Mahomes have this unbelievable relationship, and he expects the Chiefs to drop a number of different plays for him. And I always struggle to decipher, like, what any of this means. Like, Tony could easily just go out and say that. If, you know, maybe the receivers coach is like, hey, Kadarius, go tell this guy that we're going to do this and we'll completely do something differently. How do you parse through all the noise coming from Super Bowl week when trying to discern what's a good bet and what may just be a smokescreen? Yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff, a lot of the bets that I placed – and the ones that I felt strongly about, I placed in that, that bye week. Before, you know, the, before the media cycle really, really got going, and before you can get that paralysis by analysis because there's just so much noise. But there's those little things, those little tidbits that you definitely want to pay attention to when, when guys are, are talking about their relationships with receivers or, you know, uh, you know kind of game planning for the week. Like, what's, you know, what's the emphasis this week? You can find those things. It's tough in Super Bowl because everyone knows these teams so well. Um, but yeah, you can find little things. Tony, uh, definitely a weapon for them. Uh, he's a guy that had a hamstring injury, had an ankle injury, was back at practice fully. He's expecting to play just how healthy it is. I took his under 14 and a half, uh, as his yards as his longest reception. I think he, he may, he's going to keep the shorter. He's a guy that's kind of top of at nine here in the playoffs. Um, and then if that ankle injury does slow him down at all too, we saw a guy like Sky Moore step up and all those receivers were hurt in the AFC title game. And the offensive coordinators were gushing over Sky Moore and saying how well he played in that game. So if, if Tony is at all slowed and just not getting the separation they need, we see a guy like Sky Moore out there who's, who's a speedy guy, a rookie, had some fumble issues early in the year, but he stepped up as well too. So I took Tony under his longest reception, a 14 and a half. Another great bet, if you can find it out there, uh, you could probably get Kadarius Tony for a carry or rushing yards if you could find the, the kind of a special play on him. He may have a... Um, some rushing yard props out there too, because he, he is a guy that they will use on like an end around or kind of throw a trick play at him to run. Um, he's kind of a Swiss army knife on that offense. So. It's going to be just a great game. As you mentioned, Jason, you're down in Arizona covering it for covers.com. You'll have your podcast today. We can't thank you enough for taking the time this early out in Zona and maybe go bring a Gatorade to Brandon and Garve and make sure they're hydrated because okay. it was probably a late night for them. All right. They weren't too. I heard them come back. They weren't too late. I, 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 they were good boys. They were good boys. I'm not getting anyone in trouble. First time for everything, I suppose, Jason. Thanks yeah, for doing yeah. this. All right, you're, you're welcome, guys. You guys enjoy the game. Good luck. Thank you, uh, Jason Logan from Covers.com. Basically, Frank, just to fill you in, there's a group chat I'm in with a number of the guys from Covers, right. and you know we're we're all pretty tight. We're talking about different wagers a lot. We're talking about our collective win on Justin Jefferson to win the Offensive Player of the Year last night, plus 1,600. Nice one cashed right there, straight 
to Golf Town with that money. Nice piece of business by you. Very much so. You have a nice stealth day lined pick. up here at Golf Town. You got the stealth fitting. You won some money. You know, I guess this is shaping up to be a nice weekend for you. It could very well be. It seems like that is the case. And a haircut today, too. Man, it's oh, a big day. Are you getting the, cool the Al's brother household. fade? You getting the Al's brother fade on your haircut? No, Al's brother cuts his own hair, so no, I'm actually going to go to an actual barber shop. So I don't think he does. <laughs> I, I actually don't know what Al's brother does. He's a handsome man. He's a handsome man, and uh, his hair looks great. Looking forward to seeing it again on Leafs Lunch today with Julia Tashery. We'll wrap things up with my FanDuel best bets, including my Super Bowl SGP and a couple picks for the NHL and NBA tonight. First up concludes after this. All right, time now for today's Best Bets brought to you by FanDuel. But in all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, Listen, I'm taking the Chiefs on Super Bowl Sunday. I think they're the better team to the Philadelphia Eagles. All this talk about the Eagles' pass rush, come on. Mahomes will be very, very mobile. I think that high ankle injury has come and gone. And we know how good Mahomes is against opposing pass rushes. And I think he's going to have a really big game. Take Mahomes to win NFL Super Bowl MVP as well. The NFL MVP announced last night. Also, I'm on Pascal Siakam over. 23 and a half points and Michael Bunting to record a point at minus 125 tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Frank, we need to congratulate Melissa Pennington from Waterloo. You have won a pair of tickets to see the Raps and the Magic on February the 14th. We give away tickets in the First Up podcast every Thursday and maybe some other days as well. So make sure to subscribe to the pod as well. All right, buddy. What a couple of days it's been. Uh, you and I stuff, kicking man. it, talking about Calvin Woods. Oh, yeah. yeah we had a good time. time. Do you, um, you want to end the show with a final score prediction for the Super Bowl? Sure, we can do that. We can do that. Uh, cheese, 20 fingers. You guys can, of course, chime in as well. I will go first. Right. 31-17, Kansas City. Ooh. That is a romping. I'm That's right. I'm thinking the game's going to be a little closer. I'm saying it's going to be 28 to 24 for the Eagles. Mm, cheese? I'm going 24 24 20 for the Chiefs. Chrissy? I'm going 28 24 but for the, the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, Chrissy. Chrissy. <laughs> there we go. Three on one here. Frank all by his lonesome. Apparently, and I know Coley Ackerman likes the Eagles as well. So. Convincing. You've convinced everyone about the Chiefs. Well, here's the thing, Frank. You know, these guys work with me a lot. They know I do quite well gambling, so it's probably a good idea to roll with me. I could be wrong. I mean, it, it's happened before. It'll happen again, but I have a pretty good feeling about the Kansas City Chiefs. It's on not Sunday. gambling if you know you're going to win, right, Alan? That's what Alan from The Hangover says, and you know it is indeed fact. It is indeed fact. Well, it's been a treat, Frank. Thank you for doing this the last couple of days. We'll look for you tonight on the CHL, CHL on TSN. No days off for Frank Corrado until, what, March the 1st? I have a day off Sunday, and then my next day off is March 1st. The hardest working man at TSN. Although Chris Horvat gives you a, a good run for your money as well. 
Listen, man, like when you see guys like Cheese hustling every day, it inspires you to want to, you know, keep working. So, and yeah, you too. It does. He You're is no an inspiring individual. Yeah. yeah, 20 fingers, not so inspiring. Not so inspiring. But he does fantastic work. Thank you to him. Thank you to Cheese. Uh, thank you to you, Frank. Matthew Cause with me on Monday, and then Tuesday we welcome back the big puma, Carlo Koliakovo. I don't know why I called him that. I think that's, Lan- I think that's, Lance, Berk- that's Lance Berkman's nickname, former Houston Astro. I don't know puma. how uh, Koliakovo came up with that one. But in any case, uh, we will be back Monday morning at 6 a.m. with Cause, but... Frank, why don't you take us out with your patented goodbye? Arrivederci.